0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1439. When is your financial relaxation due date? By Lisa Aberle with GetRichSlowly.org. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. This is the show where I narrate posts from a wide variety of personal finance blogs. We cover so much on the show from saving to investing to debt reduction and more. So thank you for joining me today and every day. Do you have a question you'd like answered here on the show? go ahead and send it over to finance at oldpodcast.com and you will hear from me soon. Even if your question isn't answered on a Q&A episode, I do my very best to answer every email. And now let's hear today's post and start optimizing your life. When is your financial relaxation due date? By Lisa Aberly with getrichslowly.org. I am perched in the corner chair, cup of chai in hand with just hours before the deadline for this post. I have piles and piles of clean laundry that need to be folded. Dishes need to be washed. I can't recall the last time I've dusted any room in this house. My husband's been working 80 hour weeks for a few weeks and so I'm doing the single parent thing. Kids awake, dress, fed, homework and chores. Single parents, you have my undying respect. The loftiest thought I can come up with at this point is, can I clone myself? Through it all, I'm still trying to juggle three part-time jobs, but there's just not enough hours in the day. Yesterday, I read a comment by El Nerdo in Honey's post. Here's an excerpt of the comment directed to Honey, but I took it and ran with it. Quote, but with the income, since for you, it's an extra job besides your full-time one, there is this other side of it that means more hours working, less time to sleep, read books, play, eat ice cream, etc. and can get tiring in the long run, end quote. In my head, my exhaustion, and El Nerdo's comment, got married, and this post is their baby. Gestation of financial progress. I have read a lot of personal finance blogs. With slightly different twists and turns, the basic story is usually the same. Most bloggers were deep in consumer debt, stressed out in jobs they didn't or don't like, and had no hope or plan for the future, had accumulated too much stuff and were just plain overwhelmed. Then, to borrow a term from Dave Ramsey, they got gazelle intense. They sold their stuff, they worked extra jobs, they ate beans and rice and rice and beans, and voila. One day, they were out of the hole, even if they hadn't started climbing yet. My story shares similar financial genes though probably not as debt-ridden as some. I still wanted out of the hole, so I started working extra jobs, teaching an extra class or two, and trying to cut my expenses. After I was out of the hole, I wanted to increase my net worth, so I kept working my extra jobs. We paid for our adoption expenses, beefed up our emergency fund, and got to a place where I could quit my full-time job. And I did quit my job, and I thought I would have lots of free time. After all, I had freed up 35 to 40 hours per week. And elementary-aged kids can mostly take care of themselves, right? And they'll be in school most of the day, so what's the big deal? Ha! Around a month ago, after I was rushing from one task to another, I added up my three part-time jobs and realized that I'm still working 40 hours a week, not to mention the unpaid work that I do. No wonder I feel like I'm almost as busy as I've ever been. This isn't the slower-paced life I imagined. This isn't the slower-paced life we planned for. And here is where this post gives birth to its point, which took long enough, but sometimes labor takes a long time. The point is, when do you stop sacrificing your health, relationships, and your time for the sake of your finances? Digging out of financial holes takes some sacrifice, no question. But at some point, like El Nerdo says, you do get tired. We're not going to live forever, so we should enjoy our life. If I take after my dad, I have about seven years left. I want to make whatever time I have count for something. When to push and when to relax. A few years ago, I was listening to Dave Ramsey's radio program. A woman called in and asked how long she and her husband needed to take on extra jobs to better themselves financially. Unfortunately, I don't remember Dave's response, but I have a few ideas of my own. If you're slipping further behind every month, it's time to push. If you're so stressed about money that you can't enjoy anything else, it's time to push. If you're in danger of defaulting on a loan, it's time to push. On the other hand, drastic life changes, whether it's working many hours or eating an inexpensive, if it's unhealthy as well, diet, isn't sustainable over the long term. At some point, things should get more relaxed. Once you've balanced your money, you can relax. If your relationships are suffering because you're spending too much time on your finances, it may be time to relax. But I am a hypocrite. I have oldest child syndrome. I'm not sure what it all entails besides being bossy. That's according to my siblings, though I will say that if everyone did what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it, I could keep my mouth shut. But I feel like I shouldn't relax until our mortgage is paid off, even though we can make our payments easily, have paid off a sizable portion of our mortgage already, and have savings, both long and short-term. I want to fill my days with as much financially productive activity as possible. Trying to cram too much into my day means that something gets pushed out. And unfortunately, sometimes those things are very important or it may cut into my sleep, which means I'm not as patient with my kids. Because I'm kind of intense, if I had any type of non-mortgage debt, I would probably keep on driving myself until it was gone. You just listened to the post titled, When is your financial relaxation due date? by Lisa Aberle with GetRichSlowly.org. with some of the lowest prices out there, and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. I really enjoyed this article because it challenges an assumption I hear a lot which is that you should keep on pushing to increase your income, decrease your expenses, and invest the gap until you reach financial independence. This idea that you're not able to relax until you're financially independent fails to notice the financial freedom you open up along the way to FI, and I just don't agree with it. While financial independence is what we're all striving towards eventually, whether that be for early or traditional retirement, I believe the milestones along the way can release some pressure and make the journey more sustainable and more enjoyable. Debt freedom to me is the first step and has been the most enjoyable step in my journey. Funding an emergency fund brings some security into the equation. Then perhaps you get to a place like me where you're coast-fi and gain peace of mind knowing that you no longer have to save for traditional retirement. When you have one to two years of living expenses accessible, you have what we like to call F you or peace out money. You still need to work for your livelihood, but perhaps you can take a break and take time to find a job you really love that doesn't feel like work. Or you can make the leap to self-employment like I did. The point is, the milestones on the path to FI open up just as many options as actually reaching financial independence. So why not take advantage of them? One thing I've realized about money is that it's only as valuable as your clarity on how you will use it and your comfort level with how much is enough. If your approach is to just get more of it, perhaps you're missing an opportunity to ask bigger questions about the role that money plays in your life. That should do it for another edition of Optimal Finance Daily. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you in the Wednesday show tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.